It's 5.25 a.m. I think I got up around 3. You know, we have the full moon coming. <laughs> that's something that's been on my mind slightly, slightly annoying me. And I find when I wake up from sleep, there is a dialogue about it. You know, when you want to say something to someone... But you're like playing the waiting game. So anyway, needless to say, I've been up since three. I watched Pretty Baby before I fell asleep on Hulu. Which was honestly fascinating. And now in these early hours, um, while it would have been probably responsible to fall back asleep, I've been up and I've fallen into this rabbit hole and I would like to ask Hollywood and society why we glamorized in film prostitutes. Okay, hear me out here for years. All right, so with Brooke Shields in recent years, it resurfaced. Um, these photos she did that were ultimately for Playboy when she was nine years old, completely nude and sexualized. Oh my God. To see this child's body in full glam and makeup, this, these, oh, this pubescent child body. There is nothing sexual about it. And anyway, I remember in recent years when um, that came into my awareness, because I was a little too young, I kind of missed, you know, I missed her rise of fame and her being a celebrity. And, um, I was growing up in the nineties and <clears throat> receiving impressions from Hollywood and receiving impressions around, um, femininity and, uh, virginity, none around, none healthy. I don't think I got any healthy messages around sexuality. I'm pretty sure the messages given to me were. Don't let someone touch your privates. These are your privates. Um, stranger danger. Um, sex leads to pregnancy and STIs. And someone's going to take your virginity. Um, and you can be a virgin or you can be a slut. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't even get into I can't even unpack. That's such a dense suitcase. That's such, that's such a, I don't even know how to unpack that. And I didn't even have to go through the experiences of being exploited for money. Um, Hollywood basically found a way to engage in pedophilia openly 
to get you to consent to it, to get you to glamorize it, to get you to also further your exploitation, to get you to accept this programming, to get you to normalize certain things. Oh my God. Like, oh my God. And here's the thing. I've stayed away from all this stuff, especially ever since my move to Florida. Um, I have not fallen into any of the obvious things coming out now that look so different than they appeared at the time. But I was a young, impressionable, developing mind, you know, when all these things were happening in the dark. So many things I normalized and adapted to and confined to as well. Um, to be accepted, to be accepted by my peers because my home life had a lot where uh, in some ways it was extremely isolating. Now that I think about it, when I was growing up, my earliest memories are me, my sister, my mom, my sister being a kid and babysitting me while my mom's working and certainly not qualified for that. Um, certainly <clears throat> left imprints on her and I in our own ways. And then much of my time was spent with my grandparents and that was like my safe haven, my sanctuary. And then... I think about the my parent dynamics, which obviously did things, affected my psyche in ways. Um, to then growing up, yeah, with two parents who are working, I'd say we were a middle-class to upper-middle-class family. A lot of that came from my grandparents' initiative, dedication, work ethic. You know, the generation that they were in. Survival, work and survival and family. Um, so anyway, I honestly, I don't really remember my parents parenting <laughs> or being present. They weren't distracted by cell phones like in today's age where I imagine a child has to fight for their parents' attention over um, a screen. I can't even imagine how it feels to be a child growing up now with your parents always fascinated and fixated and all these adults around you just like consumed by a screen. I can't even imagine how that feels. Um, I didn't have to experience that, but the TV... You know, at my grandparents' house, the news was always on. And with my house, there was multiple TVs. There was a TV in the living room. There was a TV in this room that became like a second living room. There was a TV in the basement when the basement was furnished. There was a TV in my sister's room. There was a TV in my brother's room. 
There was eventually a TV in my parents' room. Now that I think about it, I've never thought about this. I was the only one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Holy shit. Now I'm just like, now I'm going through two uh, emotions that are making me laugh and cry. Where I'm thinking, why didn't I have a TV? I'm thinking that's so funny. Why did literally every single room in my house in a two-floor house with a furnished basement, like 3,000 square feet, of house. Every single room had a TV <clears throat> except for the garage, the bathrooms, and my room. But now it's just so hilarious to think about that because now I'm like, did I never ask for a TV? I guess I never asked for a TV. Um... But that's just so strange when I think this is like, it's like, it's that weird thing where it's like now looking at it, I'm like, I mean, I should have seen then that I would be the black sheep of my family. And now it's just so strange. I remember, I remember going into my sister's room when it was her room to play Sega on, you know, this bulky TV she had. I remember when that con like ended up being my brother's room and playing Sega in there. I always loved watching movies. I remember like sitting right in front of the TV. There's many pictures of me growing up with my shirt off, like in front of the TV watching movies. But I was, I was, I'm sure, significantly programmed by Disney movies. Um... My parents didn't regulate movies or music, so I was, I'm sure, brainwashed in ways by Disney movies, because I was definitely obsessed and fixated with these stories and archetypes that are actually incredibly dark and have so many bad messages that I understand now. Um, they blur the lines of fantasy and all that, and... You know, the stuff that Disney's tied to. Let's be real. I've been trying to take Disney off my... I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not even going to get into that. Because here's what I am trying not to do. I don't want to just... I had recently come to a good place where I was no longer angry or experiencing any grief around realizing what all these structures and entities actually are. It's really shocking when you're first confronted with the truths of all these things you've been um, heavily enmeshed with, what they're rooted in, how much was in plain sight, how they're used, how they manipulate, I mean... I went through some dense fucking emotions, dude. And I feel on the other side of that. So I have to be careful. It's a fine line you have to walk 
of exposing yourself to these things. And I will. I do. I take a healthy dose of exposing myself to certain things because I was naive for many, many years. And I also remember the times where I was ignorant. And I won't go back to that. And I believe that you can both know and handle the truth um, and still have joy and understanding Um, But it has. It's taken me a while to get back to being lighthearted. And so I have to be careful, you know. It's like you, you watch the R. Kelly documentary. You watch a Playboy one. You watch, oh my God, whatever. Any of it. Jeffrey Epstein, you know, Britney Spears. Uh, this latest pretty baby, you know, like Woody, Woody Allen, Um, my goodness, I mean, I don't jump on just anything that's trending, right? Like when the Jeffrey Dahmer show was recirculating again recently, it was like, you know what, dude, I've been watching Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer stuff for over 10 years. Like this was being pushed on us when I was a teen. I learned those stories then. What's, why do we need to keep telling this story? Why do you, why do you keep putting us, you know, why do you keep glamorizing? Why do you keep glamorizing this serial killer narrative? And what do you want me to fear? Being raped and being killed and you're just implanting that. So that's all there. So I don't, you know, I don't um, just jump on things. I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch the Kardashians fucking 20th season, even for my numbing TV. I honestly, the things that I watch are fairly wholesome if I'm going to engage. I will watch movies for perspective. I like to see, I like, I appreciate a good story. I appreciate storytelling. I appreciate the artistry that can go into a great film. I have an imagination. I'm a writer. I, uh, there's times where I value that, you know, um, there is times we're putting on a, a good movie and, Going into some different feelings is interesting. I also like to see what people are saying, what they're, I like to see the temperature of the collective. I like to learn. I like to, you know, see what others are considering normal and popular and whatever. But like, you know, I hear people where they're like, oh, sometimes I like to put on the Kardashians just for like stupid TV or whatever. And I'm like, I can't even, there's been some days where I I understand what others are feeling and why they would watch something like that. And I physically can't even, I physically can't expose myself to that, dumb myself down to that degree because it's, it's being implemented into my brain. It's forming impressions 
You know what I'm saying? It was one thing to watch them. I mean, I didn't even expect to talk about them. You know what? Let's not make it about them because the last time I tried to speak about Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana, and the Kardashians, my podcast um, was muted. So whether it was truly a tech issue or if it got censored, I don't know. But I know I made quite a few connections and that shit is posted and will not play. So let's not get into them. But anyway, watched Pretty Baby. I went on to Hulu. I like to put on, like I was saying, wholesome shows in the background if I want to watch something. Um, so I'll do like, I did Friends for a long time. I'll do Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek has now been the thing for the past like two years when I just want like sweet nothing TV. So I logged in. I went to watch Dawson's Creek again tonight and um, I saw Pretty Baby. And I remembered in recent years when her naked child photos recirculated and how she had a stance of saying, you know, that was, that was fine. And that was for this. And she gave a very, whatever, polished answer. And I remember it didn't settle right in me. I immediately, I, I had had a Playboy collection, um, book that I loved that I at one time felt connected to. Um, I thought he was empowering women at one time. I thought he was giving them, at least paying them for being sexualized, letting them have some control. I had very backwards messages. Um, I at one time... I grew up with girls next door on girls literally who were being fucking exploited and trafficked. And it's so amazing to me because immediately when you say that there's someone up in arms saying how they were exploiting him for his money, baby, he had his money because these women were willing to exploit themselves. He had his money because these women were willing to pose naked um, for money because that's what they'd been taught. They had been taught that they could either be a virgin and wait for a man to claim them and take ownership over them. They could be a mother or their value was in their looks and their aesthetic and their sexuality. And, um, how far they were willing to go with that, either the preservation of it or the, uh, the chaos of it, the exploration of it. So anyway, who is Hugh Hefner without fucking these women that were willing to do that? <clears throat> um, to try to gain independence forward motion in the capitalist society. Hugh Hefner, now I look at that and I'm like, he wasn't empowering women. He was trafficking them. And uh, he was 
funding his life by their ignorance, innocence, sexuality. Packaging. All of it. So anyway, I grew up watching Girls Next Door and thinking that these women sleeping in bunk beds and this man with all these underage girlfriends, uh, everyone on the show was saying that they were not sleeping with him. So I was under the impression that they weren't because I believed what people said at the time. And um, I didn't trust my own voice or intuition. I didn't trust my intuition and I didn't know I had a voice those were the imprints given to me that my intuition was not to be trusted. It was dangerous. It was harmful. It would get me in trouble. Um, it was telling me a lot that couldn't be confirmed in my environment. So my intuition was viewed as a problem for me and for others. And so without your intuition you know, how could I have a voice? How could I know my own voice? But anyway, um, you know, so I grew up with that show just being on like E, a teenager getting these impressions. So I thought Playboy was a, let's see, how did I view it? I don't know, a, what did I think it was? I, it's so hard for me to even reach back in because now I just realize like it's so, so naive that I don't even know how to explain that. But I genuinely did not know what it was. And I really haven't understood what it was until recent years, the years of my life where I actually am a woman. I would say after 30, this shift from maiden to woman has been huge. It's been so fucking huge. It's been so significant, man. It's been huge. I can't even, it's, that's too much to tell in the ways that I have changed from turning 30. And, um, you know, I find that interesting that people are shocked that I'm so attractive. The, the responses I get around when I say I'm in my 30s um, shows me, shows me how much of a pedophilia society we live in. <laughs> like now, oh my God, now that I've watched Pretty Baby, now that I've seen the psyche and the programming of Hollywood and society and all these things that we're all engaging in, the porn world, the, the shaving of any body hair, like, you know, you got to have a shaved pussy and all these things I've haven't subscribed to for a while now, but just so interesting. Cause now I'm like, I feel most my, I feel most in my feminine now. Uh, my feminine felt extremely unsafe, extremely unsafe for many years. And I feel very much like a woman now. And it's interesting that, um, you know, Ultimately, the messages I receive 
around age are like, wow, I can't believe you're still okay looking. <laughs> you know, I can't believe you. Like, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, you know, now the messages that are pushed on me are like, do I want to subscribe to being a mother? Do I want to subscribe to being single forever? Because I haven't taken a dive yet into marriage or motherhood. <clears throat> um, do I want to subscribe to just being a worker for society because I haven't, uh, rooted in other things. Um, do I want to move into the filtered unachievable, uh, aesthetic of Botox and fillers and plastic surgeries and, uh, do I want to wear the porn star aesthetic, ultimately? Do I want to continuously be butchering myself? You know, that's today's standard of beauty is, um, can we make you bleed for beauty? We can make you look like anything you want. We can give you cheeks where you don't have cheeks. We can give you a jaw where you don't have a jaw. We can lift those eyelids. We can get rid of those wrinkles. We can tummy tuck. We can do whatever. We can just cut you up and uh, make you look desirable. It's crazy. It's crazy. These sick, sick norms that penetrate and they 100% trickle down from the people on top. And I just... After watching this documentary tonight, I, I feel like I'm like screaming with a loudspeaker, like, look at this, look at this, you guys, we need to face these things. We need to have awareness and accountability and responsibility, and we need to stop blaming ourselves and blaming each other and put the blame where it belongs. And yes, if you're spiritual, you understand that even the negative is serving a purpose and even the shadow is coming up for a reason. But <clears throat> how can I say this? You can both believe that the atrocities connect to a bigger picture and have served purpose and that everyone's on their own personal journey and expansion and growth and evolution of the soul. And we come into these physical vessels to know adversity and challenge and trauma and to still ascend above it. But we can no longer not look at these things. We can no longer not face ourselves and not face the collective. 
That is what has gotten us in trouble in the first place. That is what has gotten us so heavily involved in these things that we don't even realize the true nature of how it's affecting us and what we're upholding. And I'm asking you guys, like sincerely, deeply, compassionately, wholeheartedly, to look at your behaviors and where they came from and what environments you've been in. And yes, it might mean being a little angry. It may mean feeling grief. It may mean relationships being questioned and ending or changing. It may mean some discomfort. It may mean having to go back and look at things. It may mean connecting the dots. It may mean um, having to change the way you do things. It may mean some transformation and upheaval and um, some initiative to be taken and whatnot. But if we don't do these things as they are becoming available to us and obvious to us, and the time is now to heal it. If we do not move into and with that energy, baby, I'm telling you, then you will move into another unconscious space and you will prolong your suffering and the suffering of others. And um, the choice is to be conscious and still find joy, laughter, play, connection, trust, faith, or to be unconscious and to expect to be saved by your abusers or by um, a greater consciousness, you know, saved by Jesus, saved by God, um, saved by the medical field, saved by the government, saved by the education system. These things are not saving you. They're grooming you. <clears throat> They're programming you. They're keeping you stuck and trapped. And right now they're working their very best to get ahead of narratives because they understand the laws of the universe and they understand what time it is. And they've always known that this time was coming and they've always used your consent unconsciously to avoid their own karma. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? I'm sorry, but it's 6 a.m. It's the full moon coming up. It's the middle of the night. It's the quiet of the night. It's the dark of the night. It's the silence of the night. And um, in recent years, I feel more alive at night in ways, in this stillness. I think from moving through 2020 and experiencing how quiet that was and taking that time to do massive inner fucking work, 
now I find a lot of solace and comfort and honesty and truth in the night and in the dark. And I'm no longer afraid of the dark. I can sleep with my covers off, with my feet hanging over the bed, uh, with the closet open, with whatever, whatever. I don't have the same fears because I've confronted true fears. I've confronted real darkness in the nature of uh, our environment. And it has done many things to me. And I have to be careful. I have to be careful because I'm an Aries. I'm an Aries rising. I believe I'm an Aries ascendant. I have. I am a Pisces cusp. I, I don't know if that helps me or contradicts me, but um, I have a Capricorn moon, which says a lot. But for the warrior part of me, you know, people associate Aries with being angry. And I'm, I do not walk around an angry person. Whenever I get that association of like, oh, are you angry? I'm like, look at me. Do I look angry? Does anything in my body or my face look angry? You, I see anger in many people walking around. Ah, uh, I see anger all the time. And actually, it's not that I'm easily angered or um, representing anger just because I have Mars in my chart. I more so in recent years identify with the warrior. I've realized in recent years when all these people went compliant and silent and uh, carried out the crimes of their abusers, um, I realized then that my Aries is in my chart to get me to rise at this time and be unafraid. I needed a fucking Aries rising in my chart for me to be able to wake the fuck up. And I needed the experiences that happened in my life when they did. Um, so I have peace with all that. But anyway, um, I am angry enough and delusional enough <laughs> where when I come to certain truths around our government and around Hollywood and around um, these systems, I am the type of, that's when, that's when that side of me comes out. That's when I can be that's when you see a side of me that's not the compassionate, understanding, spiritual, empathetic, ba-ba-ba. That's when you see the side of me that's like, let's take these motherfuckers down. Let's take this fucking down. <laughs> like, the, oh my God. Oh my God. I can't. The, uh... Uh, the grievances I have, the things you cannot get me to do since I have awakened. Um, I'm still working on some of those. But anyway, anyway, all this is to say is that I watched the documentary on Brooke Shields tonight, Pretty Baby. 
And I still see a lot of disassociation in her. It was interesting. I'm glad. I'm glad that they acknowledged that because right away in the beginning, I noticed as a child, this person is disassociating. I could see it in her face. Watch her expressions. This is what we don't realize. Our bodies and our faces communicate things all the time and they communicate our truths. So she could be asked a question and give a very diplomatic poised answer, but you want to look at her face right as the questions being asked before she moves into what's been calculated and what's been packaged to be delivered. You want to look at her honest expressions when she's being told to get naked, when she's being told she's an object, when she's, you know, you there's these subtleties of these faces that she makes to the comments that are being said to her. And that's really her. That's the true her. I saw anger in her face. I saw disgust a lot, a lot. And, um, it's disturbing. It's disturbing the ways we've just been taught to go off of what people say. People lie their asses off. People lie to themselves and people lie to others. And this whole fucking thing is based in lies. So I need you to go off of energy. I need you to realize that your energy is speaking. Okay. I have someone in my life that I have a unresolved tension with, you could say. I have a family member that's dear to me that I love that I cannot talk to. As simple as we'll put it that way, because regardless of what she says to me and how nice she shows up, I feel a certain energy. And I can't deny or ignore that energy. I do much of the time. But when I'm having an off day, the energy is just smacking me in the face and I don't like it. So what I want you to understand is that we are energy. We feel others energy. Um, we know when we're being lied to. We know on some level when we're lying to ourselves. Okay. We just have not been taught the self-esteem and the truth for so long. And that's why it takes so hard to trust your motherfucking self. Okay. Like I, 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 I'm not speaking to you in saying, I know everything. I know it all. I have some message that you don't know. I'm speaking to you like this because I fucking, I'm sorry, let me calm down. I'm speaking to you like this because I have faith in humanity, regardless of what I've seen and experienced and witnessed. And regardless of what history says, I know who we are and where we came from. And I have a sense of why we're here. And I know I've been here before. Baby, I've lived some lives. Believe that or don't believe it. And the same could be said for yourself if you were willing to 
not be fearful. Um, so anyway, I've lived some lives. I'm aware of them now. I have a different and deeper understanding because of that. And so I speak to you because we're at a pivotal time. And I know this in my soul, in my bones. <clears throat> Ever since that light came on for me in 2020 and shook me out of my sleep and told me the time is now. Little one, girl, being. The time is now. You're about to go on this journey and you're being prepared for what's ahead. And we're speaking to you because we know the integrity that you have. And we know that you can handle it. And it's not going to be easy and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be scary and you're going to feel alone and you're going to question a lot. And at times you'll even question if you want to be here. But when you come out of it, you will have such a faith, such a trust in us, in yourself. And did what's happening. And um, we need you present for this time. And this is your opportunity to give messages that you have tried to give in other lifetimes that have swallowed you up and consumed you and silenced you. You have... Silence yourself enough for other people's ease, illusion of ease, safety, comfort. You have watched your life end. You have watched a civilization end. And you are here again at this time. And you remember what's left in this story. Though you don't know all the details, you are awakening to the truth. And you realize um, on the other side of this transition is so much beauty and so much love so much truth and so much freedom and so much connection. Um, and for some, some will choose a heavier path of experience, but I have served my time and I am very serious about no longer living unconsciously and upholding broken systems and lies and fallacies and abuse 
and I will not be a part of that anymore. I will not be a part of that in my own life. Um, yes, you can talk to people and I'm sure, I'm sure there's things I've done that are not perfect. I'm sure there's times that I've hurt others. I by no means am saying I'm a saint. I have been subject to the human experience like anyone else. And I've done what I could at different times. But I am very aware of where we're headed. And... where I'd like to go. And um, this is my last time with Earth as we know it. And if you don't believe that this is possible, that things are changing and shifting and awakening, and then I'm sorry to say, but you're not paying attention. And if you want to debate me on that, debate me on it. But by all that I've seen, it's very clear that there is an unraveling. There is going to be an end to things as they've been. And um, the systems, the beings that want to keep us in the dark ages and continue to exploit us and uh, whatnot will do their best to get ahead of that. And then there's those of us that are carving out new realities, new ways of being, and we're embodying it fully. So anyway, that's my story. That's my pod. I hope it offers you something. I want you to know that you are loved. You are safe. And um, you have choice. You have choice to look at things as they are. And you have choice to stay the same. You have the choice to change or you have the choice to stay the same. And um, whatever decision you make will be right for you. But I just want you to remember that you do have choice. And uh, the energy supports you now if you're willing to awaken.